Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 59, where we're meeting Ethan Carter. What's going on, Ethan? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for thanks for jumping on with us. Well, that's great. Great way to start a Saturday. Well, I know who you are, and Martina knows who you are, but why don't you give us a little bit of background on what you do? Absolutely. Um, so as of right now, I'm uh, 100% on Instagram is, is kind of the only platform I'm on. And I think I'm pretty much the definition of a maker. I think that's uh, when that term came out, it felt like that made sense. So I just kind of make a little bit of everything, sell some, but also more experimental and just kind of coming up with designs and learning and just making different things. So I do a little bit of woodworking. Wouldn't call myself a woodworker, though. I'm probably best known right now for leather work. Um, I've gotten kind of into that lately and that seems to be what's resonating with people so um yeah so i just make videos mostly for uh instagram and i'm just continuing to learn and try new things i'm obsessed with your leather making videos Thank like you. they're super cathartic to watch so i i love them like Thank i don't you. know yeah, if no, it's, it's just it's... like the meticulous work about it or what it is specifically but i'm like i probably will just sit like I probably end up with like seven or eight views every time you post one because I'm like <laughs> entranced by it. There's something about the stitching, I think, is what people really like. Just the, I don't know what it is. The visual of it is like very pleasing to people, it seems. I like it. Like it's, I guess because it's different. It's not something you're seeing everyone do on Instagram too. So that makes it more worthwhile to watch. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. I mean, I've, because there's not many people in our space that are doing leather work. There's the really high end leather workers like uh, Little King Goods that is, but he, I mean, there's very few people that are kind of designing and trying different things in our in our space, which is surprising to me. It's it's not a hard craft at all. But yeah, it just seems like a void. So I think that's part of why I kind of continue to go down that rabbit hole. That's not a bad thing, though. No, definitely not. It's definitely good to do something different than a lot of other people. Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to collaborate with people and um, you know make things for other people. I mean, I've had a couple things like uh, Lizzie for Lizzie. Actually, I think. I think I'd done one leather project. I did my first leather project in, I think, December of last year. Um, that was the first time I ever touched leather. And I think it was in January. Lizzie reached out and she's like, you do leather work, right? And I was like, well, not really. <laughs> but uh, she's like, can you make me a strap for my sign? And so I did that. And then that turned into the person that we made the strap for, turned into other orders. So it's, it's yeah, it's just part of this community, too, of referencing other people and um, getting work from everyone. So it's nice. Or you get people like me that agree to do something and haven't done it yet. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. I think it's going to be cool. Is it t- a top secret project that you guys are working on together? Well, it's a collaboration with laser and leather. I know, but is it secret? I don't think so. Enough to me. Hmm? Like you can't talk about the design? or Well, it's to do a multicolor leather sign. Oh. Basically, if you, take, print the, if you cut the same thing with two different pieces of leather, the inverse pieces can be matched. So you're, you're basically making like two signs from the leather, but they're going to be inverted colors. That's fancy. So it's a test. I Because I tore my shop apart like right after the leather <laughs> got here, I haven't done it yet. So that's on me. Well, it's up and running now. You have no excuse. The goal is to do it this weekend with the long weekend. See, so now you have to put the pressure on him, Ethan. I know. Hey, you told me this weekend... Yeah. You're going to work on it. Let's make it happen. Can't wait. I think it's going to be fun. Yep. I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't think I've seen anything like that. I have to test the material, too, because I have no idea what settings to use. Yeah. And the, it's unfortunately, it's a little. the two pieces of leather are a little bit different thicknesses. Not much, but just a tiny bit different. So. As long as it's tiny, it's not a big deal. If yeah, it's it be like an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch, then it's a big deal. Yeah. No, that's, this is much closer than that. But I want to make sure that whatever settings i use it doesn't look charred 
from mm-hmm. being too powerful and it actually goes all the way through so there's there's a way i'm gonna do it but it takes a bit just to test the material it's kind of cool and i think this one we were just cutting not engraving right yeah i think we're just we're okay. just gonna cut and then match a piece of together and then glue them to a backing board or something like that i still gotta figure that out but <laughs> yeah so i'm cutting it and then ethan gets to make the signs for once <laughs> be like a sign kit kind of right because i have no idea how to actually like adhere leather to anything it's actually a lot easier than this the leather weld stuff i got works pretty well so but i think it'll be fun yeah i think it'll be cool i, I think like i said i don't think there's many people have done it before so it'll be a kind of a new new kind of sign out there and then i think another thing is a wallet yes yeah, so we've been talking about that too there's a ton of templates out there, so coming up with our own is going to be tricky. But and I, I think to start with, I'll I might do one that's out there just to understand how to stitch it because I have no idea how to sew it together. Well, I can definitely uh, let you know what any knowledge that I have. But I think leather work part is cool. No, um, actually, Little King, Little King Goods. Um, I think that's his uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. He's he's great, and he's got a couple stitching things, stitching videos and techniques, and actually wallet templates, too, so he's a good resource. His videos are very cathartic. Yes. Yeah, talk about it. I don't know if you've seen his, any of his stuff, Martina. You, if you like mine, you'll love his. It's, this is like... it's like shop sounds, but with like just leather work, so it's kind mm-hmm. of like burnishing the edges. It's just this like very cathartic. This is why Sound. I try and avoid YouTube, because I feel like once I get on there, I'll be stuck on there for hours, <laughs> and now you guys are recommending like a specific video that I know I'll like. That's not good. So, <laughs> Well, the way I see it is he, what you, I don't know if you know who Peter McKinnon is. Yep. But he's like, Peter McKinnon meets leatherworking. Yeah. From a video standpoint. Yeah. Like his video production is so good, because he used to be like a professional. Wedding photographer, I think, right? Uh, video, yeah. So he used to do that as a profession and then he just started leather working and all his video knowledge got put into that so his videos are really well done it's um like alex um uh bevelish creations because mm-hmm. uh, yeah he, he's the same thing i mean he came into this with just with that background of videography and stuff and he just his first video was just crushed it which mine's gonna be like choppy edits and <laughs> oh mine are all choppy edits yeah. i know i'm just like impressed when i remember to put my phone like on the tripod and or hit <laughs> and hit record and these like you see some of these videos that people put together i'm like how did you do that like i don't understand yeah it's... yeah when, when most of my shots are centered so that the you know the framing works for yeah. <laughs> instagram that's a win for me that's one thing i i feel is the biggest thing to make your videos better is your camera angle Mm-hmm. And it's not like necessarily your editing. It's just, did you move your camera 15,000 times? Right. And yep. I didn't used to move my camera at all. And now on the latest sign that I did, I think I moved the camera like 30 times. Um, yeah. I mean, it does make a difference, I mean, it, but it takes so much longer, mm-hmm. you know? It, it, oh, it really... yeah. I think it took an assembly from 10 minutes to like an hour. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I always try to do the kind of the three shot rule for like if I'm just doing something on a table saw, I want to put that in a video. I do three different angles and yeah, you know, three kind of distances, and then I just splice those three together, and that seems to be enough switching. But I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure you're you're switching it to make people interested. Right, it keeps the pace yeah going and stuff like that for sure. But with my shop upgrade videos, that was a struggle. Yeah, because it's like I don't want to move the camera a hundred times while i'm hanging drywall right yeah it's not that entertaining get down go over there yeah yeah well i have a trouble too in my shop because it's a tiny tiny shop and there's not that many angles i can get because of me you know sewing leather you know it's just there's only basically from one side or the other that's it but you need like a gopro mount that comes down the middle yeah yeah like a sliding thing on the ceiling so i can get all sorts of angles there you go yeah that'd be cool <laughs> That'd be really cool. Now we know his first YouTube video. Yeah, yeah Sliding exactly. mount for the ceiling. He's just going to freaking come out the gate all badass with his YouTube videos. He's just like... Oh, he is. He's going to be like, oh, this isn't going to do very well. 100,000 views. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hope that's the case. But usually it's, it's oh my gosh, this is going to be the best video I've ever made. And then it's like crickets. Yeah, that's how I feel. With leather work mm-hmm. and cool angles. 
unstoppable. One of my buddies does, he has his drones license and he does real estate videos, but he'll do walkthroughs of the house with the drone. With the drone? Oh my God. It's the coolest thing ever. That's another like thing that I get sucked into when he posts them on Instagram. So you, like he literally does like the video walkthrough tour, but like speeds it up. Like when you turn corners and stuff like that. So it's kind of like you're on a ride walking through the house. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. So I have ideas, like, I would love to work with him, like, if I actually build anything ever again, like, for him to come <laughs> film, film me and, like, do the drone footage of it and stuff like that. That which would, would be, be amazing. Like, from beginning to end, like, picking up materials, like, having drone footage to, like, building stuff and, like, installing it. I think it would be super cool. That would be awesome, yeah. And then I don't have to worry about where the camera's at because I have someone doing it for me. No. That would be the best. Yeah. Just having somebody do all the filming <laughs> and editing I for like you. I could because he bought his house like less than a year ago. I'm like, we can work and trade. Like I'll build you something for your house. Oops. Build you something for your house if you do some drone footage for me. That'd be cool. Sounds like a good deal to me. Just don't get too close to that table saw. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna learn today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drone stuff is cool. I mean Kyle kills it. You did a sign for Kyle, didn't you? I did. Yeah, You're talking about Kyle R- from R- RR Buildings. buildings. Yeah. yeah. He's another one that's just the footage. I did do two. You did two? One is like the normal MDF okay. layered look, and then the other one was that LED oh, yeah, yeah. backlit one. Yeah, that thing was intense. That was awesome. It was intense to make. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and very nerve-wracking. That's you, it's really funny, because when he starts messaging you, you can tell like the panic that he has of, like, <laughs> this is not going to work out. What did I get myself into? And then it works out. Yeah. <laughs> make and it work like, somehow, right? I shot a staple yeah. through the LED strip, and I have to do the whole thing over again. <gasps> well, <laughs> so, I, so I was securing it. And shot the LED, or shot the LED with, uh, like, through the lead. Okay. And when I pulled it out, all the color came back. I was like, oh, I'm okay. And then I tried to change the color to blue, and all of a sudden it was, like, a pinkish color. And I was something looking wrong. at it. It's like, something's not right. Turns out I shot through, like, the, the actual blue circuit. Oh, uh, okay. And it destroyed... So red would work and green would work and white would work, but blue would not work at all. It's like, well, I can't send it out. So what did you do? Did you you re- read the whole thing? I ripped out all the LEDs and oh, redid them. That's another thing I want to get into. I got to work with LEDs. I've never done anything with them. They, they're fun. They're kind of nerve-wracking the first time if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, well, how so? Well, I think it's a matter of how you use them the first time, and I was stupid. <laughs> so I decided it'd be a good idea to backlight a sign and... This sign had letters that came off the background. Okay. This was, the, I don't know if you saw it, but it's the rigged sign that I did a long time oh, ago. Yeah, I think I have seen that. And that each letter had to have its own LEDs like behind it. Okay, rather than like one big strip. Yeah, and then I had to run the wire through the back of the sign and then to the next letter. And it involved a ton of soldering because the LEDs wouldn't bend the way I needed. And then I didn't want LEDs like lighting the back of the sign for no reason. Gotcha. So it was a lot of soldering and I didn't know how to solder either at the time. So I learned it on the fly. Yeah, I've done some soldering because I've made some um, guitar kits and stuff like that. So I've done a little bit and it's it's definitely uh, something you got to get the feel for. Yeah, it took a while, but now I'm comfortable enough with it that soldering stuff is not a big deal. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, the next the next LED one I want to do is like the engraved acrylic that you light from the side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so, fancy. How do you like yeah. the like the the night uh, the what are they called the uh, lights that were kind of like a panel and then kind of clear panel. And then are they lit from underneath? Like the little desktop of... lights? Yeah, the desktop ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a nightlight base that okay. they sit in. And you just design it to fit in the slot in and the base. And from lights from underneath. Yeah, so it's basically cool. like an LED strip in the bottom. And it, you're just sitting in on top of that LED strip. Gotcha. Ethan's making notes right now, so he has projects lined up. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's another one that has like standoffs where the standoffs have a circular LED. Okay. And that's the one I want to do next. Very cool. But the hardware is kind of pricey. Yeah, I haven't even priced it out. I mean, I've talked to um, Mike a couple times, Mike Clifford of uh, Industrial Maker, because mm-hmm. he does tons of, as you know, um, LED stuff. And it's just like, every time I talk, I'm overwhelmed, so I just haven't done it. <laughs> so LED strips, like, I would just buy some off Amazon mm-hmm. the first time. I think the first set I bought was like 25 bucks, maybe. I'm sure there's easier ones and more complex ones, too. I mean, if you're just trying to light something yeah. Else basic leds that's probably not that tricky so there's the ones you buy in strips from amazon that come with the controller Mm -hmm. and the power source and everything and then there's other websites where you can buy the individual led modules okay and then you have to figure out how many modules you're going to use and you'd have to solder them all together and then you have to size the power source yourself and buy the power source that fits the number of LEDs and the wattage you're using. So Amazon is that's a where, lot better. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon has everything. I know. That's like, how think, Christmas presents, if, if it's not on Amazon, you're not getting it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, uh, the the wattage stuff, like I understood from my day job, so it it kind of made sense. But the first time I looked at it, they didn't have anything on their website on how to actually pick your power source or your power supply. And I had to email them and ask, and I explained it in my email, my thought process of how you size the power supply. And they're like, yeah, that's right. I'm like, yeah, you could put that somewhere on your website. Well, so I've made a few lamps and stuff and I, uh, you know, I can't even remember the thing is grand brass or something. Um, website. And it's just it's so unhelpful. Like you, I don't even know if it's a, you know, a three pronged, wire or you know like the, the and they don't tell you anything it's just a little description would be helpful but. some people don't seem to want to help themselves sell yeah, stuff exactly right <laughs> marketing <laughs> which funny enough is your day job so yeah I didn't say i was good at it but <laughs> well, i don't think you'd be employed if you, <laughs> yeah. if you weren't so martina are you gonna are you coming to workbench con this year or actually trevor are you going back trevor's going back I am planning to. I am just waiting for something to be finalized for it. Gotcha. Permission from the wife. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, my wife doesn't care. I, that's why I'm saying it. Like, she, uh, she's she's fairly relaxed about that kind of stuff, surprisingly. What's, awesome. what's she asking for in return for you to go? What do you think? A doll? Nope. A Yeti. Here, one more shot. Oh, a heat press? <laughs> she would want that, but... No, it's uh to go to Disneyland. Uh, oh lord, she's so funny though. His wife is like, oh, like you can go there, but this is what I want because you're going mm-hmm. there. Yeah, so. right. That's fair though, I think. And <laughs> you wonder how I'm good at bartering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his whole marriage. So, <laughs> um, I would like to go, but flights from California oh, yeah. to Atlanta are like, like five hundred bucks. They're more than that. That's right now. Yeah, it's insane oh, like luckily my brother lives in san francisco so it's a major airport which i could save a little bit of money flying out of there so i could stay overnight at his house if i needed to but they're insane like plus the cost of the ticket so i mean yeah. if I, maybe if i go back to work and like make some money like i can afford to go but <laughs> so <laughs> i'm actually starting back this week i got i think 12 or 13 orders for shark oh, wow. boards so i need to go back to work now yeah, it certainly isn't cheap. I mean, the hotel, the flight, the ticket. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if I find like a little Airbnb with a couple people, like there's a couple people that I haven't met in person, but we talked long enough to where I'm like, I think we could probably do okay being For in weekend. the same house. Yeah. yeah. And then if you have your own room, like you can shut yourself off. Like as yeah. long as I'm not getting murdered in my sleep, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> so. Definitely. But I think, you know, so we'll know who did it. Like, so. You'll think at least. Yeah, give us our, give us the details. We'll make yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll put my location services on for everyone. So, like, if I go missing, it was funny because I mean, we didn't meet it, Trevor when we were there. And no, and I we knew, didn't. I knew you, Martina, a little bit, very little bit, but we we were on following each other on Instagram at that point. And I remember you being like, "I'm not going," but Trevor's going. I'm like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I sent Trevor your leatherworking videos, and I was like, "You need to watch this guy. Go find him at WorkbenchCon awesome. and go get these headphone wraps." And he didn't even do what he was told. <laughs> no, we failed. Well, it's crazy. I mean, there's so many people. I don't know if it was, you felt the same way. Like, so many people that 
I didn't meet that I knew ahead of time. It was just it was it goes yeah. it's such a whirlwind and there's so many people that to talk to and I think last year there were four hundred and fifty or five hundred people. Yeah. And I think it's bigger this year even, so I think this year they're capping it at five fifty. Yeah, I mean you don't want it to get too big either. No. After going to AWFS and sitting in on a few seminars, like I brought home a lot from that. So I feel like if I go to WorkbenchCon and sit in on those, like that would be valuable in itself. Like obviously it's cool to hang out with everyone and stuff like that. But like with what I want to do with my business, like I need Mm -hmm. to get into YouTube. And so like learning how to be a content creator, which we always make fun of, like would actually be beneficial for like for my local brand not to get sponsorships but to get like people to want to work with me and everything like that so to learn how to do that stuff would be worth it i I mean there's a lot of good with conversations too like i mean just conversations over dinner and stuff like that yeah Yeah. it's it's like this i mean you kind of just spitballing brainstorming ideas a giant think tank of like-minded people exactly like how we talk about it all the time not everyone gets it so you have to find people that understand the way your brain works and making and how to grow a business like this because it's so niche you know what i mean so i think coming back from talking to dozens of people that do the exact same thing would probably like be motivating and inspiring and everything like that definitely i mean i came back i mean i i I talked about this before but like i didn't i went there and would introduce myself to people and they'd be like who and then I show them my logo and they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I know who you are. And so that was the biggest thing is like putting yourself out there, as you guys were talking about last week, um, with, you know, putting yourself in stories and stuff like that. Just that alone. I mean, people want to connect with who you are, too, as part of the brand, I think. And that was a big thing I picked up from mm-hmm. um, just a bunch of people are like, you got to put yourself out there. And uh, so I did. And it worked. But little things like that, that um, just getting that encouragement from, like, like you said, like minded people is, is definitely cool. And one thing I took away, if I were to go again, is if you go to dinner with people or you try to go out or whatever with people after the event, if you go at it with your business in mind and not just like a, oh, it'd be fun to have a drink with that person. Yeah. Like, that's where I feel you could actually make the most use of it. Be like, oh, I'd want to partner with this person. Let me see if I can hang out with them. Versus just being like, oh, we're all going to the bar. Does somebody want to go? And yeah. then jumping on it. Like, that, it was cool. Yeah. But being a little bit more strategic about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And planning out your classes ahead of time. Because yeah. I, when I did it, I had a plan going to work bench con of what classes I was going to go to which day. Yeah. And then there were other people that I'm friends with that got there and like, I haven't even looked at the class list. Right. So uh, I think it all depends on that, your mindset going into it, how much you get out of it. That's Absolutely. all included, yeah. though, right? Like the classes yeah. and your ticket price. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. Well, that's what, not how it was at AWFS. Like I spent like a couple yeah. hundred oh, bucks right, extra yeah. to do that. So I guess that makes it the ticket price worth it if that's the case. Yeah, tickets no are extra. four to five hundred bucks somewhere in there. I think the early bird ones are a little bit less. Yeah, I don't know what they'll be for early bird. I think the actual like the the late bird yeah. price <laughs> is in the 400 to 500 dollar range but yeah i mean there's not that the food was great but you know yeah. you get a couple meals a day out of it and uh, you could if if you really needed to like you could survive the day off what you yeah. had to eat yeah right there's enough food yeah and i mean the like the it was open bar too, like yeah. in the evening um, be, you know, that was on two different nights seven. yeah so, two nights so i'll go now <laughs> we sold you yeah the f- so the first night you got there and you registered and you got like the bag of stuff and then they had like a cocktail hour where you just hung out and talked to people did you know anyone like going in <laughs> i mean like knew yeah them, knew them okay you did i well i knew i knew like three or four people because when i was in south carolina i met a bunch of makers and a lot of them went and then they happened to be talking to somebody else that I had been following on Instagram or had talked to on Instagram. And then it kind of worked out that way. I don't know know if you feel the same way. I just found that it was like out of most of those experiences. I mean, I do stuff like that for work all the time. And that group of people was just like, you could go up to any group. If there's five people talking, you could just walk in and insert yourself. And it wasn't weird. I don't know. At least that was my experience. 
So it was weird that it wasn't weird. Yeah, exactly. That you could, there could be a circle of people and you could be that awkward person that just walks up and stands in the circle and waits your turn. Yep. Nobody had a problem with it. Yeah. I was like, and again, for someone that's, you know, not naturally outgoing, it's great. You know, it's. It was great for me because I am definitely not outgoing. (laughs) But it was a good time. And I, it, I think this year it's intended to be bigger and better. Yeah, and I've heard that, I mean, I the complaints I heard from a lot of people last year, or, uh, if they had any, were that, I mean, it was definitely 80% or more, like, content creation, like, social media content kind of stuff, and less about actual making, you know, of how-to kind of stuff. And this yeah. year I've heard that they're at least trying to bring more of that in. Like, I know um, uh, Katie Fr- uh, Freeman of Freeman Furnishings and mm-hmm. Alan are doing a class on carving. And so there's going to be, I think, going to be more of those kind of classes too, which would be interesting because there wasn't always a class that I was like, I need to go to this one at this time slot. I was kind of went because there's nothing else to do. So There were a few that I went to that... I was like, well, I'll go to this one because it sounds okay. And then I went and I decided that it probably wasn't something I needed to be at. Right. Yeah. But you don't really know either because no. some of the titles, I don't I don't know who made the titles, but some of them sounded really intriguing. And yeah. then when you went, you found out it was a completely different take on it than what I thought. Yeah. But like you said, it was 80 or 90% content creator based versus making based right yeah yeah and it's funny it was funny to watch some of the like personalities that are when it, when they are just talking to a camera they're seem completely comfortable and then mm-hmm. actually presenting they were kind of awkward it's like it's just funny to see them people in their natural <laughs> natural state i actually feel that talking to a group of people is easier than talking to a camera yeah yep I don't know why, but I think it's because I had to present at work all the time. Yeah. So you're and, more used to it. And it depends. So at my old job, I used to have to present to like engineering managers and technical directors. So you're like sweating in your seat. <laughs> and I feel that that made all the difference. Right. Well, when you're talking to the camera too, you have to then listen to your own voice and how, how painful it sounds to you. And Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, do I really sound I that know. weird? There's got to be someone out there that actually likes the sound of their own voice, but I haven't met them yet. So Not this person. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so weird, like, hearing it back. It's like, if I'm not the one re-watching the video and someone else is, I'm like, who are you watching? And they're like, that's yeah. you. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not what I sound like in my head. So <laughs> I was actually up at, uh, um, my parents have some cottages in New Hampshire. I was up there with my nieces a few weeks ago, and uh, she wanted to help film something for me. Um, and none of the food footage was actually usable, but... Um, but she talked in it, and then when we listened back, she's like, "Is that what I sound like?" I was like, "Even an even a seven year old <laughs> is self conscious about their voice." So, are you for sure going to WorkbenchCon this year? Yeah, I actually, um, and I'm not sure about the logistics. I got to actually reach out to Katie again. But Katie had a Lego uh, Lego challenge that she put on, and the first place prize included a ticket to WorkbenchCon. Dang! I, yeah, nice. so that's huge. I mean, that was what 400 bucks or whatever it is yeah um so that i was pretty stoked about that and you know uh it also happens to be on my girlfriend's birthday every year so um getting the free ticket kind of helps uh well i got the free ticket i got to go yeah yeah no she's actually (laughs) 100 percent understanding about it afford a gift for you because i don't have to buy this ticket right there you go exactly (laughs) it's actually funny because last year i went my wife was like is that your birthday present to yourself and I thought about it. I was like, what? And my birthday was like the day after I got back. Mine's, like, in fe- mine's February 10th. So it's the early. Yeah. So that works. Yeah. yeah. February birthdays. Well, I'm January. So maybe I can justify the ticket. Oh, yeah. Too. There you go. You get a, See, birthday I think a month on either side buffer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Ethan, what are your plans? What do you want to make next since you like to dabble in everything? Dabble in everything. Well, so immediate projects this weekend are just, um, I'm actually uh, Alma of uh, Pink Soul Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, kind of, I think, re, re uh, finished a hatchet recently, um, and it's killer. I mean, it's she used I think the black Rubio um, on the handle and it just looks amazing. So she asked uh, if I would make a sheath for it, 
um, and I've never done that. And so I'm working on that. Hopefully it's going to work out. I, hopefully I don't totally ruin it. But um, so I've got that. I tried to wet form uh, leather last night and the leather really shrunk up. So I'm a little nervous if it's going to work out. But uh, so I've got that. And then um, I am going to do at least attempt to do the uh, Modern Maker uh, Bentwood, Rockler Bentwood challenge thing. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about that I yet. Haven't. So they just announced the latest challenge. Um, yeah. And I've never done anything with bent wood or bent lamination or curve cutting or anything. So, um, so I'm going to give it a shot. I got some plies yesterday, and uh, but I have no idea what I'm going to make yet. So, that's, that's pretty cool. That. Yeah, it should be cool. Um, I did uh, the one sheet of plywood challenge last year, and I think I I just joined Instagram like February, and this was in uh, April, maybe maybe May, um, and I did that, and it's. The challenges are fun. I mean, and there's a great way to kind of just expand your audience too. Because um, so I got you know I met a ton of people through that. So I try to do those challenges whenever I can and whenever I have time. Um, but but it's you know it it does take away from actually making stuff to sell and all that. So there's there's trade offs for sure. I always well, feel like I'm not creative enough to partake in those challenges. Like I watch everything else that people put out. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Like the th- like the stuff you yeah. come up with is nuts. No, exactly. I mean, there's no, none of them have ever, I ever been like, I'm going to even be, you know, showcased at all because they, they are. It's just the people that are doing it. I mean, like, the guy made a paddleboard out of one sheet of plywood last year. I'm like, yeah, I saw hell? that. Like, I don't even know. I didn't even know that was possible, you know? So, yeah, no, the stuff that people come up with there is insane for sure. It's definitely intimidating. But, well, you, when you mentioned the challenge, the first thing that came to mind was, so I, I follow uh, Angstrom Design. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he posted his design idea for the Bentwood Lamination Challenge. I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like you said, it's a trade-off because you either, you either spend all the time to do the the challenge or you take on orders and try to make money. And right now, the unfortunate side is I need to make the money. Right. You got to pay the blazer. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, and that was the thing. It's it's when I joined Instagram. I mean, I was like, my main focus was just build the audience first, get it, get some um, experience, and then start selling stuff. And so that, at that point, it made complete sense the first challenge because I wasn't, I didn't, no one knew who I was to buy anything from, anyways. So, um, but this one's a little bit different. It's it's going to be a little bit more of a balance for sure. But it's still, I think it's good. And again, it just gives you one more thing to get noticed by from you know the the big big youtubers right um oh definitely so it should be good but yeah and then other than that martina i think um if trevor ever uh cuts the leather i'll probably be making some other signs <laughs> or something <laughs> you think um no problem <laughs> they actually the funny thing is is it's like sitting right here by me yeah not in your shop <laughs> no see it's right here it's waiting and they well, you know, you <laughs> I'm just giving you, you agree to do a project, and then you decide to rip up your garage, and yeah. then this is what happens. That's what I think. But it is here, and it's, I okay. yeah, that's right. I do have enough to like. Yeah, I test think I gave you some extra. Yeah, two extra sheets. There, I will take it into my shop. I'll go to my shop. <laughs> I'm just giving shit. Maybe that's what I need to do is collaborate with someone, so I'm like held accountable, and I get my butt back in gear. But... It definitely helps. <laughs> I'd say but that but we see. Well, you see behind me, that's my list of like orders that I have. That top one is a dining table for my brother, and that's been in my queue for two years now. Oh, so... family stuff always. Uh... <laughs> oh, family gets pushed to the yeah. bottom. <laughs> and then the one underneath that, I think I got paid for it in February, and I still have yet to deliver it. That's for a buddy, though. He understands. So, yeah. Friends and family yeah. uh, always get the... He paid for that one, and then I've had such issues with the CNC since then that I'm like, I'll get to your stuff eventually. I still have Which my waistboard. Do you have the Shapoko? Uh, yeah. Shepoko, I, I s- still have the um, waistboard half done too for like all the clamping system. So nice. I'll finish that this week. Got, got oh, so that's a good question for you, Ethan. Done. Is what tools are you hoping to get next? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, um, I actually got a bandsaw yesterday. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. I mean, I think that's going to be 
there's been so many times when it would just be at least easier or more efficient to use the bandsaw. So uh, I have no idea where I'm going to put it. Again, my shop is tiny, tiny. Um, I mean, you can see the wall behind is that me. A sh- is it like a little shed? It's No, it's basically like the mechanical room in our basement. So it's got the oh, furnace got it. and um, it's probably what? I mean, maybe six feet across. It's like I'm literally touching wall to I'm wall right now No, I can't. Arms, I mean, I can so. touch everything. So you're basically in a dorm room. And smaller than a dorm room, yeah. Smaller than a dorm room. So, I mean, that's also part of what has led to what I make is sure. space and size. Like, um, you know, again, kind of like the challenge of uh, using one sheet of plywood. It's like the challenge of what can you make in a small space, you know. Um, but I do have a table saw that I can bring outside and stuff like that. So I can do some bigger stuff. But weather permitting. Yeah. I, yeah, weather. Exactly. So in the winter, it'll be nice to have the bandsaw inside because last winter I basically couldn't do anything big or even midsize. So um, so yeah, bandsaw was, would have been on my list until yesterday. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do. I am intrigued by the laser. Probably the laser more than the CNC. Um, probably not to like your level, at, but you know, like the. I know uh, Bruce and Vincent, um, they both have the Glowforge. And I don't mm-hmm. know what, you, what your thoughts are on that. But, like, something along that would be pretty cool, I think. Because I, I just feel like I can incorporate it into the leatherwork a lot. For um, sure. More, I think more yeah. than, more than a, CNC. a CNC for what yeah, you do. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a CNC wouldn't do well with leather. Right. So I think if, in terms of when I actually get some tech, that would probably be most likely what I'd get. But that's probably still... Pretty far away. I've been Lasers most of my money has been going into like um, microphones and you know content related yeah. stuff in the moment, which is you know it's a necessary evil if you want to do this. So I went the other direction. I did the tools first, and then now I'm needing the microphones and the cameras and all the it other stuff. Quick, I mean, it really. Oh, it does. It's it's amazing. But if you're going to do voiceovers and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. you need it. But at the same time, then you've got a microphone for things like this, and you know. That's true. So I went to the bank the other day and I was talking with like the financial advisor or whatever about the business. And it was, it's funny because she's like, so you have everything you need to run your business, right? And it's like, oh, that's a loaded question. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't think you understand like, like all the little stuff that adds up. Like, because she was like, you don't need to do any big purchases. And it's like, I can put like thousands of dollars into this monthly if i wanted to like and it's hard to decide like how much profit you want to take out you know what i mean because it's like i can Mm -hmm. put all this money into it and make my channel huge and stuff like that or like i can get tools and build bigger projects and hopefully make the commission off it you know what i mean so it's like can i do i have enough to sustain my business right now yes do i want to be able to grow like not with what i have so right it's just funny but she was like you probably don't need to spend any money and it's like this (laughs) i I'm. I don't think that's true. Like no one ever. Like, do I want to spend money? Probably not. Do I need to? Like, probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is just materials. I mean, that the cost of materials if you're not selling something is crazy too. Yeah. I mean, that was so getting supplies yesterday for this challenge. I was like, I went and just got a couple pieces of nice plywood and some veneer uh, veneers and. I mean, I'm, it's a hundred some over a hundred bucks right there, and and it's not going to be profit. There's going to be no profit or mm-hmm. tangible profit right um from the from yeah. anything i make for it so it and you kind of forget about i think people forget about that too that's and you then know, if they're not in this environment they don't get it at all like she works no. at a bank she doesn't understand like consumables of like glue sandpaper all that stuff right. like and then if you want to build something for yourself like oh it's cheaper if you do it like you're not paying for someone else to make and it's like stuff's still expensive right. i was at ikea yesterday and i sent off the I was like, I'm going to get this dining table. It's 450 bucks. And everyone was like, you might as well get it. Like, it's so much cheaper than you getting, like, good materials. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, no, but that's, no one understands stuff like that unless you're in this. Yeah, I think people yeah. think that if you make it yourself, it's free. Right. Like, I can't get materials for free. I right, would love to exactly. get materials for free. But even, like, Brent from Clean Cut was saying, like, oh, you can't even build it with free pal- pallet wood for that price. Like right. as what IKEA is charging, I didn't buy the dining yeah. table. By the way, <laughs> I bought. I went there and got some filing <laughs> cabinets and office chairs. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle because even, even like materials for acrylic, right. is super expensive. Well, and I don't think people understand people, that right? either. Yeah, because people, you'll tell people a price for MDF, and then they'll say, "Okay, what about acrylic?" 
and the price will be like double or triple. They'll be like, "That's ridiculous." I'm like, have you seen the price of acrylic? Right. It's not me. I'm not. I'm not setting the price. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're talking about MDF is you know, twelve bucks. Yeah. And acrylic is like 150. Yeah. I know that's the thing, and uh, plenty of people have said it before. But I mean, when you're pricing out cutting boards and stuff like that, people are like, "It's just some wood." But that wood, if you're using mm-hmm. nice species, could cost you a hundred bucks just for the wood. I mean, if you, yeah. and well, especially if you're in you know areas without right. a good supplier, right? You're gonna have to learn how to dry out some cactus to make some cutting boards, Trevor. <laughs> I could make the first ever cactus cutting board. <laughs> well, it's like everyone's already started to put their orders in for like holiday cheese boards and charcuterie boards, and every- and they're, it's not cheap. And they you hit them with this price tag, and they're like, "Well, it's X amount of dollars on Amazon." And I'm like, "It's garbage wood." Mm-hmm. Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason it's more expensive. It's not just because it's handcrafted. It's better materials, and it's right. gonna last longer. And you can, like, actually just keep putting oil on it, and it's going to last a long time. And you're not going to, like, get it and you wash it for the first time, and all the grain just pops up, and yeah. it's, like, miserable. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all those bamboo boards and everything you see, it's yeah. like, don't don't use those, please. No. Yeah, we had some of those that we got as a wedding gift, and one of them, like, split down the center. <laughs> yeah. I was, so, I watched some show on HGTV the other day, and they did, like, a bamboo kitchen sink. And I was like, that is a terrible idea. Yeah, like, I would not do that. that seems... They're like, it's such, it just pops. It makes the kitchen pop and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you clearly know nothing about wood. Like, <laughs> because it says it's like, a, like you can have it in water. Like, you can put it in your bathroom and everything like that. Like, it's teak or something like that. I'm like, no, it's not the same. Like, that's, I can't believe you just wasted your money on it. So, yeah. Well, not everybody knows. Oh. Was it? Not function over uh, form, right? Form over function. Well, and HGTV gives yes, some ridiculous expectations yep. sometimes. Mm-hmm. My favorite. It's like, I'm a beekeeper and my wife is a stay-at-home mom. Our budget is $4 million. <laughs> like, okay. please tell me how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Inheritance, homie. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they get hit with their property tax and they're like, I think we got to sell oh, this place. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. So. I'm happy with my stainless steel farmhouse sink that I got on Amazon for like $80. That's still holding up versus the bamboo one that you're going to have to replace after like six months. Yep. And it's going to only going to look good for about the first month. Yeah. The biggest thing with things like that is putting the oil on them and taking care of them. And I'm not going to do it. I'll be the first to admit (laughs) that I will forget to do it and it will slip my mind. And then even when I remember it, I'll just be like, hmm. I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> I'll just replace it. Let's be it honest. Really I bad. made a charcuterie board for my sister-in-law for her birthday. And I went over one day and she was like, look, I've been using it. And it's like dried out. I was like, did you put it in the dishwasher? She's like, no. Like she was like, she's like, aren't you excited? Wait, it's like to. worn in. Like I'm putting it to use. And I was like, bring it over. I'll oil it for you. She's like, I don't understand the difference. So I made her watch when I did it. And she's like, oh, God, I won't let this happen again. I was like, it's going to, like, splinter into your food now. Like, you let it get so bad. Right. And she was like, I, that was... I, I may have let it soak a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to actually make a better cutting board for ours. Like, yeah, I have I a little idea. one that I use for, like, chopping, like, onions and potatoes that's super small. And it was the first one I ever made, and it, I'm pretty proud because it's still intact. <laughs> and this is when I didn't know anything about woodworking, but we also know that I'm a fake woodworker. So, <laughs> yeah, what did you do? When did you get the laser? What did you do before that? I did. So I started with paper cutting, oddly enough. Really? Because, like you, I had an apartment with no space. Yeah. So I needed a hobby that I could do, and it was easy to put away. Yep. So I did paper cutting, which would take like 10 hours to make one thing. So making money off of it was not very (laughs) plausible. And then I was searching for someone who could cut them for me on a laser. And then found my friend Bill in South Carolina. And then from there, he kind of showed me the ropes on lasers. Gotcha. And then I bought a full spectrum off of craigslist used it for a while and then 
ended up selling it and then found an epilogue off Craigslist and bought that one. And then that's kind of what kicked it off. Gotcha. But I had I was buying like woodworking machines on the side before I got the laser. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I bought like the bandsaw and table saw and so kind of like you dabble with some uh, woodworking, but yeah. So I use it to complement other stuff, right. but it I don't try to focus on it because yeah. I I don't want to I don't want to do it as the sole mm-hmm. thing. Like, could I make a cutting board and sell it to people locally? Probably, but but you're there's not gonna get also like about it. yeah, there's yeah. also like ten other people that I know that do that here too. Right. And it takes so much time that I don't really have. Yeah. So I, I got into laser partly because it freed up time to not only do other things in the shop at the same time, but I can, you know, help my kids with their homework while something is being made. How much do you have to like watch it while things are getting, so as long as you're in the same room and you're checking over and looking at it every you know couple minutes you're fine gotcha um the biggest thing is don't like leave it fully unattended for a very long time because that's when a fire can start and get out of control then you'd be rebuilding your shop all over again oh yeah (laughs) so i would suggest putting if you have like a cnc or a laser i suggest like putting a camera on it and then, oh, and then that can... way you can watch it without having to be in the same room. That's smart. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. But definitely don't just like walk away from it yeah. and not have a way to look at it. <laughs> well, even like. Not that I'm saying I've never done it, but, like, but people don't. with the CNC, like, oh yeah, it's a robot. You can set it and walk away. Well, nope. sometimes your material shifts in it and then like mm-hmm. it gets caught in the router and the router's like trying to move. You know what I mean? And like fires have literally caught. It's like. Stop telling right. people that like they can leave their house with their CNC running. That is the stupidest yeah. advice. So I actually feel that CNCs are probably a bigger dangerous. risk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and like the bits break and they fly off. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. stuff you have to think about. And I think it also depends on the type of laser you have, because some of the cheaper ones can have flame ups happen more easily, huh. and than some of the more expensive ones and your exhaust control and your air assist are all something that play into that. So if, if you have some of those machines where the air assist isn't as good, it's riskier. More riskier. Yeah. More riskier. That's not, yeah, you said so <laughs> I'm not, and it's recorded like you mentioned in the globe. What? Yeah. And it's recorded for other more. Yeah, riskier. exactly. <laughs> And you mentioned the Glowforge before. The only concern I have about the Glowforge is that it's a plastic housing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't have any experience with one. I've never used one. But mine's metal. And yeah, so that makes the plastic kind of worries me. Yeah, totally. Have you guys seen that, that Snapmaker, I think it's called? That's like supposedly... I think I've, different so I think I've seen it. So it can be a laser, it can be a CNC, it can be... Uh, something else so, yeah. so the laser wouldn't be powerful enough to cut through yeah. stuff i don't think that's just, like, i feel like it's one blocks? of those where it's great th- in theory but it's not going to do any of the functions that well. and a laser you if you don't have like an enclosure you actually have to wear like special glasses for it oh okay that makes sense i guess yeah yeah because i can get like the i think it's jtech or something like that the attachment mm-hmm. for the shape oko for a little laser and it's yeah. like four watts or something like that it's not like you can just barely engrave onto whatever you're doing but like how you're, Trevor you're cutting can adjust the depth depth of his like i wouldn't be able to do it but it's like i could see that it's cool but i haven't had a project yet where i'm like man it'd be really nice if i bought that laser attachment right so. well and really if it's something like where you don't have to make it at a time and you just need something lasered and sent to you you could just have me do it, and it's not that big a deal. Right. Like, if you were trying to do do custom or yeah. add something to a cutting board or something, do you know, you could cut biscuits and have it be an inlay or something, I bet, you know, yeah. and just order a bunch of them from you at one time, and then you just, whenever you need one, you kind of pop it in. And that's just more technology for me to fight with. Yeah, I'm right. Exactly. Learn, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say that 
so in woodworking, most of your time is spent with the machine. And if you're doing like CNC and laser stuff, most of your time is spent with the computer. Yeah, right. It's the pre, pre-work. pre yeah. yeah. Which a lot of people I don't feel grasp the understanding of. Definitely not. <laughs> They're like, oh, you have a CNC. It just does all the work for you. Or right. you have a laser. It just pops out the piece. I'm you like, just show it a picture and it, yeah. it makes it. Like, sure. What would that be? Like, you just scan <laughs> the image in and it does it, though? Like, That would be pretty. Sure. That's... Like, that'd be amazing. We can make that happen. Be yeah, let's get right on it. Idea. <laughs> Next million dollar idea. Go. Like we'll it. go on Shark Tank. Just present <laughs> it. Like, please fund us to be able to scan images into the CNC. And they'll look at you and say, uh, "What's the market?" Mm, yeah. Like Hobby- half hobbyists? a percent yeah. of hobbyists. <laughs> Not even the population, so just, hobbyists. just hobbyists. And they'll be like, "Yeah, no thanks." But yeah, so. The, um, lost my train of thought already. My kid yelled my name and now I, <laughs> she needs her ego. I know, I haven't, they haven't, they haven't discovered you yet that you're awake. I feel like I heard him say daddy and I have been bracing for the door to slam open and I haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> she's going to get John Cena. You should just put that, put that mattress on the door and then they can't. It's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> So, Except for it's a lot to move. So we're coming up on one year of the first time I recorded, and that mattress has been in the same spot so it will for not 11 move. months at least. It's it's the third member of your podcast. Oh, look at, they found him. Oh, he's on mute. Yeah. This is when you... When, so actually, I was wondering that, because I, I, I think it was actually when you started posting on Instagram is when I discovered the podcast. When did you join, Martina? That's a good question. Sometime this year, uh, January, I think, officially, um, they kept asking me to come on, and then I asked Trevor if I was officially on, and he said no, and then Stephen <laughs> yep. asked if I was officially on, and Trevor was like, I guess she's officially on. <laughs> Run the Instagram. <laughs> Here you go. I was Do like, all the work. Do I need to keep planning on my Saturday mornings, like yeah. being on the podcast every morning? And Trevor was like, no. And literally the next week, it was like, plan yeah. on it every Saturday morning, being on the podcast. Well, because it was like a, like we had talked about it, and we're like, do we want to bring on a third person? And Stephen's like, I don't know. So it started just you. So when she asked, it was like we were like, in limbo, and we had no idea what we were doing. I did yeah. um, a guest for like a female perspective on like how, how it is to be a female woodworker, mm-hmm. and then jumped on just like occasionally after that. Awesome. I like to think I was a fan favorite, so I kept getting asked. That's right, because <laughs> well, you I mean, jumped on. It is how I how I discovered you were you were the link that introduced yeah, me. See. To it, so. so nobody listened to us until Martina came on. <laughs> so how long? Yeah, when did you start it? That must have been. I mean, you guys that was episode 50. twelve. Yeah, wow. so I think. Would you start it July last year? July or August? Like two Julys ago. It was yeah, June or July, I think. So it's been about a full year. Cause this is oh. it was July eighteenth. Because this is episode fifty nine, and it's one a week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know. I was amazed at how many. Not amazed, but just like there's a lot of other podcasts that I've known about that are like at twenty, and I just feel like you guys have been cracking on. So you pretty much have done every week. I mean, most weeks, right? I think so. I think I've been yeah. on for like over thirty now. I think I jumped on at like episode twenty something. So you were, were you like twenty fourth? officially i'd have to look back um but it's i mean it's definitely fun i we don't have the exposure that a lot of other people do because like the because their personal channels are so big they start a podcast and then it's like instant hundred thousand downloads you know what i mean and we have smaller accounts but i feel like we have a solid tribe of people that listen to us and support us and everything. So I, it's I think, it. I mean, that was, I think one of the things that appealed to me when I first started listening to you guys is that be, because of the, the size of your channel, you guys were much more, I don't know, real or, you know, <laughs> said it like it was versus trying to kind of put on a show, which I think, and put on like a facade, well, I guess. I think it's more, I think it's more relatable to other makers like yeah. us because right. we're not some huge channel that have you know like a big box retailer as their sponsor where they just can walk mm-hmm. in there and go pick up materials for free and go play all day with whatever project they want it's like trevor's doing it 
like side hustle, yep. you know what I mean? So that's money co- like that he doesn't want out of his paycheck to be able to support this. And I have to make enough to be able to support my family. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's hard work and, but it's relatable work. It's not like, Oh, I got to like, look at, I got the shop outfitted for free. Like you could do it too. Like, right. Well, sure. the funny part is they say you can do it too. And then one episode later they say, do you really deserve to be sponsored and get it for free? <laughs> I know. It's like, so funny. Yeah. Like I, we get asked like if we have any bad blood between like other podcasts and it's like, Oh I, really? I don't, if we do, I don't know. About <laughs> it. Right, but I don't listen to other podcasts that aren't relatable to what I'm doing. Like if, yeah. like if you're completely sponsored and this, I'm not going to, I'm trying not to sound like an asshole. I'm not completely. I know what you're saying. I'm, tr- I'm not completely sponsored. I don't want to be sponsored. Why am I going to mm-hmm. listen to a podcast where they don't buy anything? Like everything's paid mm-hmm. for by somebody. You know what I mean? Like, and that's nothing. It's just not relatable to me. Like that's the only reason why. But it's not like anything against those people. You know what I mean? So right. No, I mean, there's. Uh, I listen to. I'm heavy into podcasts just because uh, three days a week I have like an hour and a half for commute sure. each way. So. Um, but and I listen to different ones for different reasons. But like I listen to you, you guys because I actually think I get things out of it that are atta- you know make sense for me. Like I, I was thinking about the like the website episode that you guys did. That was probably the most usable information I've ever gotten out of out of a <laughs> website think we need website to do conversation one too. Wait, what? I, Sorry, think we, I almost think we need to do another website one too. Yeah, I keep, we keep getting a lot of messages about it. it was, I mean, it was good because. It's not like I, I, the only other I hear Squarespace on every again. I'm not blaming them. I it's, it's all for it. And, but every other video on YouTube ever, you know, is Squarespace. Yeah. So that's all I knew. And it might be the best. But you also kind of get the sense of is there, you know, is it the best or is it just the one that is sponsoring the most? So you know? um, because we're talking about it, I have GoDaddy for mine and they send me these articles every week. I don't think we talked about it, like of how to grow like your small business. And mm-hmm. so I've, at first I was like junk mail, junk mail, just delete it. And then I started reading them. I was like, this is like valuable information. Like someone for their team is actually doing the research on branding for small businesses and like how to target your audience and SEO and stuff like that. So I've started reading them. And then like sometimes if I feel like Trevor can use it, like I'll send it off to him because he doesn't have GoDaddy. Um, and then I got an email from them the other day saying they're hosting a webinar about um, branding, marketing, social media, and something else. And it's free because I pay for my monthly hosting. So I signed up for that and I was like, I can take an hour to sit. And they said, if I can't make it, then like I have access to like the online stored version of it. But I was like, man, for you know, 15, 20 bucks a month for your website to get all this additional resources that like, I don't have to put the research into. They're sending me this breakdown article. That's worth it. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. I have like three different platforms. So (laughs) I think Squarespace is one that's, if you're working with other people and multiple people need to edit the website, it's easy to do. It's, I wouldn't say that it's the best for everything, though. Yeah, I was talking about, like, my brother has done a little bit for work. I mean, just, you know, he doesn't know much, but he's mm-hmm. but he's only used Squarespace, and he likes it. So I'm like, so he might help me with it and uh, give it a shot. Like you guys said, you can always switch, too. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have too. WordPress, too. You get yeah. a free trial in order to play with it and see if you like it. But you right. just have to be, like, once you start it, you have to have time to be able to play with it and not waste your free trial. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't do it and then not come back to it for a month. Right. right. It's Again, it's just juggling time and for sure. Best, it's definitely best like, use of your time. It's worth it because you know, you reach the you want to get an es- like established person sometimes, like for me where it's like larger builds, yeah. more money. They don't want to go check out your Instagram. They want to right. see like yeah. a website. That's like basically the new storefront, you know what I mean, with like technology mm-hmm. these days. Like they they want to go sit and like toggle through pages and everything like that because not everyone can have a retail space where they can go and check out your your builds your materials and everything but everyone has the internet and can check out your website not everyone has social media i think it'd be easier for i mean i don't know what i would make yet but if i was selling stuff too it's you know i hate that price conversation 
and it would be nice to just be like it's on my website go yep and then you don't you have want to it. have that like let down you know what i mean when you yeah. shoot out the price and then you don't like you get ghosted after that it's terrible well, and i almost feel like i hate it not because like you know if if it's not if you don't put value in handcrafted stuff that's fine i get that so like but i feel like it's almost like i hate the awkwardness of making feeling like they feel awkward for saying no you know that right. whole thing it's kind of like but. you put yourself out there it's like asking someone on a date like, exactly. you know what i mean like hey would right. you are you free saturday night and then you hear nothing back like you feel like crap afterwards you know what i mean it's like yeah. what did i do wrong why, why don't you like me so <laughs> but yeah it's business day I, I don't, I don't i've never had that chat problem so uh, no, I'm just oh, dang. <laughs> no i'm totally i'm actually the opposite i, <laughs> I like that. uh, that's awesome that seems like a good segue into the after show yeah right there what about this virtual high five though? I feel like I'm. Oh, yeah. You okay? We're gonna let you you're do the, the honors. You're the guest. You can do the virtual high five. All right, ready? Yep. One, two. That's pretty good. That was good. That was pretty good. good. All right. For all the patrons. <laughs> yes. For those that don't know what the virtual high five is. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have explained that first. Huh? <laughs> no, just randomly do a high five. <laughs> So, you ready to go into the after show? Let's do it. Cool. So, for anybody that wants to listen to the after show, you can go to patreon.com slash makervisionpodcast, and it's on there. So, see you guys over there. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.